How's it going, everybody? Welcome. Welcome. We did it. So long, 2018. Hello, 2019. This is the year-ending episode of Not Rocket Science. Year number one. First year. In the books. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Hope you guys are doing well. I am releasing this on New Year's Eve. First day will be out is New Year's Day. So I don't really expect anyone to honestly listen to this until like at least January 2nd. All six of you who listen. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to let a holiday get in the way of my schedule so I'm recording this a little bit in advance a little bit in advance I am not in 2019 yet I am not doing this on New Year's Eve it is actually Saturday and it's not even Christmas yet not even Christmas yet you know why because I am traveling I'm the traveling man going through blizzards. Um, gotta go to my parents' house later today, and I'm gonna be there until New Year's Eve. And I am not bringing all of my equipment to my parents' house, so decided we're gonna do more of a year review, more of a recap type of episode today. Not really talking about what's going on in the news right this second. Therefore, if I do it a little bit in advance, no biggie. Um, so yeah, year one in the books. Pretty nuts. I've learned a lot this year about podcasting, about figuring out a show, how to grow a show, how to not grow a show, how to mess up really badly. Um, a lot of lessons learned. I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is I got to figure out a better way to record because I'll let you guys in on a secret. I'm sitting on the floor when I do these episodes right now and uh, it's not so nice on the old back, on the old legs. I usually have to take a break um, at some point during the podcast. Sometimes I end them just because my legs fall asleep. It is not very comfortable, but I'm recording like this because it is... it allows me to get the best quality as far as acoustics go. I can get everything as flat as I realistically can get it doing it this way, but that's got to change next year. I am not continuing to sit on the floor doing these podcasts. It's too painful. It's too uncomfortable. So 
that's step number one is figuring out my ergonomics, my acoustics, my comfort levels when doing these episodes, etc. Two is I gotta focus this damn thing more granularly. Um, I feel like when I do these episodes, I kind of bounce around topics too much because I'm talking to myself all day and I'm just kind of leveraging current events a little too much, just some things that I'm not even an expert in. I just talk about just to kind of fill out an episode. No more of that. No more of that. I'm just going to be talking about things I'm actually interested in and try to create more of a vertical in terms of the content. Um, I originally wanted to not be focused. I wanted to have kind of a loosey-goosey podcast, kind of jump all over the place, talk about all kinds of things, talk about sneakers, talk about technology, talk about uh, networking and job stuff, talking about pop culture, cryptocurrencies. It works in a way, but I need to find a better focus if I want to talk about all these things and how they're interrelated. I feel like for you guys, it's like, why the fuck would you want to listen to this to me? Like, who am I? I'm not a celebrity. You can get away with what I'm doing if you're a celebrity, but I'm not a celebrity. So instead, I want to be more vertical next year with my content and niche down a lot more and try to be more of a go-to resource for a particular area of expertise. But, But all at the same time, don't make the podcast stuffy. Keep it laxed. Keep it loose. Keep it fun. You know, if it diverges into a ramble about some other thing, so be it. But at least have a main focus each episode that um, is somewhat interrelated with one another, but digs deeper than what I've been doing. I've just been kind of tracking current events and categories that I feel are relevant arbitrarily and going from there and I don't really think that works I don't think it makes users stick uh, or users I'm, I'm used to saying users because of my job um, doing user experience design but consumers, listeners fans, etc um, I don't think it's fair to them I think they need more expertise I think you guys need more insight on my part I feel like I haven't been doing that well enough this year and I want to change that next year. The other thing I keep thinking about is guests and how I'm going to do that. I really want to do guests. I need to figure out how I'm going to do them, what's the best way, or maybe just get a co-host or something. It's something I keep thinking about. I don't know if I want to do it. I keep going back and forth in my head because um, it's going to make scheduling and all that a lot harder. But it's much easier to be funny when you're bouncing off somebody else. And the conversations tend to be a little more interesting than you just fucking rambling into a microphone by yourself like a psychopath you know what I mean you know what I mean trying to feel less like a psychopath in 2019 when it comes to doing these episodes that's the goal that's the goal I'm sticking to it but we will see you I can guarantee you this I will bust my non-existent ass these days because of my diet to make this thing as good as it can be, but it's a long-term project for me. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to get rich off this thing. I'm not trying to invest everything I have into it. It's a side project. It's a long-term project. It's a project. That's what it is. And 
I want to be iterative in how I go about this project, and I think I'm going to change some things. I might change the damn name of this podcast. Because now the name, I'm just not feeling it as much, and it's, I just feel like there's a slight disconnect between the name and what I actually do. So that might change this year. I might, you know work on my little graphic designs and switch up the branding and everything new just facelift straight up facelift botox um lip injections all of that all that appearance totally changed next year i think <sighs> when i don't know i don't know when i'm gonna do it but when the name hits i will act very quickly promise y'all that anyway anyway let's uh let's talk about the year 2018 2018 year of the i don't know what chinese sign was it what chinese sign was 2018 year of the chinese zodiac dog year of the dog it's a good year i like dogs um kind of a nuts year when you think about it when it comes to like business technology and how culture kind of intertwines between the two uh finance etc like pretty crazy year and it was a pretty crazy year when it comes to influential people in that kind of uh in in those worlds like well kanye of course kanye might be uh Kanye, his emotions are as volatile as cryptocurrency's price. You know what I mean? Like, he, I've kind of lost patience with him. Kanye was one of my idols when I was younger. When I was, like, in high school, when he was when he was young and up-and-coming, like, college dropout era Kanye, late registration era, up until graduation, like, he was... Because I was all up in music production at those times. I was making beats almost every day. So, you know, he was like a god. But since then, I think since his mother died and he's been on and off meds and married Kim Kardashian. What a fucking toxic cesspool that family is. But, uh, yeah, he's become way too crazy for me. Way too many ups and downs and Twitter rants and blah, blah, blah. I was able to deal with it during you know when he was healthy he was still like that but it was a little more contained now it's a little bit more homeless guy on the street in a way because he's talking about like world peace and shit but he doesn't really have a clear thesis statement about what he means exactly and i don't know I just feel like there's a lack of structure to his craziness these days, and it's kind of started to bleed into the quality of his music. His last couple albums, Kids Kids See Ghosts were good, uh, were good, Jesus, was a good album. Um, I liked it a lot, but not as good as Kanye's best. Maybe as good as Kid Cudi's best. I don't know. It depends. It depends. Kid Cudi's a sensitive subject. People are very uh, opinionated about what his best work is. I just don't think it's touching. You know, Dark Twisted Fantasy, Graduation, Late Registration, those types of albums, because the hooks aren't as strong, the production a little muddier, 
a little more monotone in theme. Um, the narrative of the album as a whole wasn't as concise, but it was still very good. But the the Yay album or whatever it's called, the one where he takes a just he took a picture on his iPhone for the cover, not good, not good. I listened to it for a week and I haven't listened to it since. Uh, it had no staying power with me. Definitely the worst album of his career, in my opinion. Um, and it makes sense. It makes sense based on where his head's at. It totally makes sense. So in 2019, he says he's getting off the meds. He can't make good music on the meds. I agree. I think that's a good idea. I'll take Crazy Kanye if he can still put out music and use that craziness as a catalyst for great work. But when he's mediocre Kanye and also going crazy on Twitter or whatever, no bueno. No dice, but he's on the meds, he's off the meds, he's on the meds, he's off the meds. I hope he stays off the meds. And I hope he just, I don't know, stays out of the news for a while. And maybe quits making sneakers because his sneakers are also becoming more and more trash. Every new Yeezy, I'm just like, really, bro? Really? But, uh, skinny Asian kids I see in the Lower East Side and in the Oculus Mall in Lower Manhattan seem to love them. I see those easy wave runners everywhere and it's usually asian kids um so i guess he has some demographic that's working for him on those but for me i can't imagine paying 200 300 400 for that shit 700 for the limited edition colors or the rare colors no thank you not for me um what else what else other than kanye this is not an episode on kanye this is a yearly recap but what's funny is you have Kanye and then you have Elon Musk. I feel like Elon Musk this year had basically his version of office space transpiring. <laughs> he had just kind of a breakdown. He was sick of the system. He was probably also on some meds. He was on some meds, actually, what am I saying? And uh, I actually liked what he was doing. <laughs> I've never seen someone like him in his position get into, like, fickle twitter wars and went on jre podcast and smoked weed for a second not a big deal people it's fucking legal in california that and the investors dropping out of tesla seemed a little silly to me makes me think we're in a sad state as a country but i get he's made some real dicey stuff when it comes to tesla's financials putting tesla in debt um, and it's never a good sign when the amount of high-level employees that Tesla had leave leave your company from an investing standpoint. That's a big red flag. So there's real red flags with him as a CEO. But And he had a very uh, tumultuous year in some respects when it comes to that. But at the same time, the stuff that the media wanted to hone in on the most... Um, to me, it just wasn't a big deal at all. Wow, he drinks whiskey and tried weed on a big podcast. People saw him smoke weed. <gasps> the humanity. Who fucking cares, people? The shit's going to get legalized in five years anyway. That's the next theme. That's the next theme of the year. Marijuana legalization. I think 2019 is going to be a humongous year. For pushing that in the right direction. I would be shocked beyond belief if in my neck of the woods 
recreational marijuana doesn't become legal next year. My neck of the woods being New Jersey and New York. Both seem to be trying to pass that bill ASAP. It'll happen in New Jersey first for sure. Um, It's been bouncing around legislature in Trenton in Jersey for, I feel like, a couple years now. So they've, they're a lot further along in the process. But New York is trying to make moves. De Blasio is trying to make moves getting this thing passed in the city. He's the New York City mayor, for those who don't know. And he publicly backed legalization of marijuana, I think, yesterday or two days ago. And it's funny, the New York Post, which is the craziest newspaper in New York City, the front page headline was a uh, weed my lips <laughs> and had a picture of him saying uh you know talking about his endorsement of uh legalization of marijuana so it's getting fast-tracked it's gonna happen all these old fucks in washington that still think it's a gateway drug um you know they're gonna be overtaken they're gonna die out in that outdated thinking Um, And I think really 2019 is going to be the year of weed. 2019 into 2020. I think you're going to see a whole lot of change on that front and a whole lot of weed-based companies blowing up and becoming the next Amazons, the next PayPals, etc. And I'm just researching my face off right now trying to figure out what my play is going to be to get this Skrilla, get this cash money, you know what I mean? I'm uh yeah, I'm studying a lot of technicals right now. I'm looking at a lot of Canadian marijuana companies. I'm looking at um a lot of over the counters OTCs um which is a type of stock and I'm trying to throw some money down. Got to invest. Got to invest and uh I think next year is going to be a huge pivotal year in the landscape of marijuana. And uh, that's why I don't think Elon Musk should have gotten buried by the media like he did when it comes to taking a little toke. Um, But yeah, medical marijuana, recreational marijuana, it's going to bubble up into 2019. It's one of my main themes, 2019. I think it's going to be going ham next year. It also seems like Connecticut and Rhode Island are also prime candidates for legalization next year, particularly Connecticut, which means the entire tri-state area will probably legalize marijuana next year, which is crazy. Wish I was in high school again. Would have made my life and many others' lives a lot easier. Um, My high school was a total pothead high school. Montclair High School, New Jersey. I don't know what it's like now. I don't want to stain its rep if it's not, but Montclair High School was a weed high school, particularly a blunt-smoking high school. Didn't smoke many joints in high school. It was pretty much blunts and spliffs. That's about it. Mostly blunts, to be honest. Yep, back in the day, vanilla Dutches. That was the the rap of choice. Was the vanilla Dutch master 
or I think it was like Vanilla Honey Dutch Master, if I remember correctly. Yeah, my high school was so weird that it had, it has its own Urban Dictionary um, definition. Montclair High School is in Urban. Here, let me let me bring this up real quick. Let me bring this up. This validates how much of a weed high school Montclair High School was. All right, Montclair High School, and this was. This was written in May 20th, 2008, so 10 years ago. This is an OG Urban Dictionary uh, definition from the early days. So this is, Montclair High School could be very different now. I don't know, but back when I was there, I was I was out by 2008, but um, people from the 2008 class were there the same time I was there. So, all right, Montclair High School... <laughs> A high school in Montclair, New Jersey, probably the most unique high school in the country. In this high school, because of the extreme mix of races and social classes, the proximity to Newark, East Orange, Orange, Patterson, and New York, New York City is what they mean, the money provided by the upper-class whites, the open campus, and non-caring security guards, weed is a common bonding practice. Everybody in the 2,200 person high school smokes weed and if you don't everyone knows who you are everyone smoked an average of four times a day two of those times occurring during school hours the black people and the white people all bond over big butts and blunts the atmosphere is that not even close is not even close to what you would see anywhere else the brainiac nerds also happen to be stoned out of their minds 90 percent of the time the culture's all around weed, and the responsibility to do well at the school is all on the student. They can do whatever they want. Light up an L on Midland Ave entrance, on the Midland Ave entrance to school, smoke in a classroom, anything. The school is loose. People are crazy. That shit is intense. The music is primarily rap that they listen to, and the students are exposed to everything. All of the students use words that end up coming out in rap songs five years later. You can't understand these students when they speak. They have their own language. Everyone bonds over one thing in this half-ghetto, half-preppy, half-artsy, half-crazy town. All right, they can't be half-four things, so they should have said quarter, but you get the point. And then their example in a sentence is, Yo, I visited Montclair High School the other day. That shit was loose. I sparked an L right in front of the rapping security guard and then had an orgy with every race. (laughs) So, yeah, that was my high school. Um, Overall, I'd say that was somewhat accurate. There's a lot of hyperbole involved, but the main point is true. When I was there, it was pretty loose, and most people did smoke weed. I don't think 90% of people smoked weed or whatever they said, but it was a very loose high school to the point where you're like, really? Like, you guys aren't going to stop me. I'm walking right out the door to cut class. You're not going to do anything? Like, the security guards did not give a damn. And there was a rapping security guard. His name was Mr. Valentine. I remember Mr. Valentine. He used to wear a Steeler, a Pittsburgh Steelers starter jacket. And he would rap. He'd be like, he would just look at you and be like, if you don't got to pass, you got to get your ass to class. And you better do it fast. <laughs> and you just keep going like that. And it'd be like, Mr. Valentine, I gotta I gotta go to study hall in the freshman building. Because the main reason why our high school was so easy to cut 
It's because there's two buildings and you had to walk across the street. So it had kind of like a college campusy feel in a way. But you could just dip out and leave. So kids were leaving the building all the time. And that had to happen. But it makes uh, preventing kids from cutting a lot harder because you can't get on their case for leaving the building. Um, so that was one reason why. But overall, the place was kind of a mess. My friend, my friend's uncle at the time was like one of the head security guards. So we would always be leaving because he didn't give a shit. And we would just be chilling particularly senior year like sixth period was optional for us basically Uh, a lot of the teachers also just gave up in life and didn't really care if you came to class or not Uh, the music was primarily rap you just hear it kids would be blasting it in their speakers all day but there was a lot of emo kids playing emo i went to high school when emo was at its peak so there were a lot of like emo rock kids too blasting hard rock music um, a lot of stoners, lots of stoners, lots of bonding through weed. That's very true. You go to a party and you have kids that don't talk to each other during school hours, all just hanging out, smoking blunts. <laughs> um, a lot, I don't know if a lot of the nerds were actually potheads. That one, I don't, a couple of them were, but it wasn't like all 90% of them were stoned out of their minds all the time like the article says. But regardless, the overall point they're hitting at was very true in that era. And that is why I'm so pro-weed and pro-weed legalization. You know what I mean? It sticks with you. Nature versus nurture, people. Anyway, I don't want to make this yearly recap about my high school because that doesn't make a lot of sense. But just figured give you guys some insight on that history, my history. All right. What else happened? Apple. Still have dongles. Don't give a shit. Next. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, cryptocurrency took took an L this year. For sure. For sure. Yeah. 2017 was looking so good, too. Everyone thought they were going to get rich. Everyone thought a year ago, from the time I'm recording this right now, that they're all going to be millionaires by right now. And boy, did that not happen. Um... Yeah, Bitcoin kind of went to a bear market forever, seemingly. This last week or so, it's kind of rallied a little bit, but not to the point where you shouldn't still be skeptical about it tanking again. And yeah, it's just been rough. I see Coinbase, um, who, who last year were super conservative about bringing new cryptocurrencies onto their platform. Now they're like, everybody... Come on down. Come on down. We got to group together and make this shit work. Our business model depends on it. Last year, they were kind of like the high gatekeepers, like, thou shall not pass, you know, being super selective about what cryptocurrencies they would take on. And when they took on a new one, it would influence the market. And that, and like Bitcoin Cash, that fucking scam, that thing spiked up like crazy. Not anymore. Not anymore. Um,. So 2019 with crypto is going to be interesting because I could see it going both ways. I could see a bear market staying for another year and people really not giving a shit. Or uh, it can rebound. No one knows. Anyone that thinks they know is full of shit. Nobody knows. It can go either way. 
And uh, I know I was talking about wheat stocks before. I believe wheat stocks, particularly low float, low market cap ones on you know, like the OTC market, some will blow up. But I don't want to, this is not financial advice, and I don't want to influence you guys because from everything I've been reading next year overall, when it comes to the stock market, it's going to be a bear market. It's going to be a rough year. So I wouldn't get too loosey-goosey with your stock investments. Or your crypto investments, it's going to be a very, you know, skeptical year. A year you should approach with much skepticism, doing your research, studying your technicals, your fundamentals, and uh, being conservative about your plays, but I'm not saying you shouldn't touch the market at all either. I sure as hell am. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a bear market overall, and with crypto it could rebound. I highly doubt you're going to see it rebound like a 2017 year. I still think it's going to be kind of rough terrain out there, if you know what I mean. Um, but it's something to pay attention to. But it's more important to pay attention to whether startups in the blockchain space, forget tokens for a second, but whether startups in the blockchain space actually start releasing apps that have real value, solve real problems. Because that is when these companies are going to blow up and you want to invest stock in them, not buy their stupid fucking coins. There's going to be a wave of applications eventually. I don't know how far off they are. They might start being released next year. It might be two years. might be three years. But that is the wave where money can be made. Um, this token stuff, it might blow up. It might not again. But I think the safer bet is stock in blockchain-centered companies that have real use cases to solve real problems with real proprietary technology that actually works well and can be adopted by consumers, meaning the design's good, um, they make analytical decisions based on user needs, etc. You know, they treat they, they just treat their blockchain-based product the way Airbnb treats their platform, you know, the way Amazon treats their platform, etc. So that's what I'm waiting on. That's what I'm waiting on. The blockchain-based application wave and the startups that get rich off that. That is where the money's going to be made. Um, what else? What else? Oh, of course... Who took the L of the year, you guys think? Like, who took the biggest L in 2018 out of major technology companies, influencers, etc.? Gotta be Zuckerberg, right? It's gotta be Facebook and Zuckerberg. I feel like every single week there's a new article about just the constant screw-ups there. And you had the WhatsApp uh, founder leave Facebook. You had... The Instagram co-founders leave Facebook this year. It's just a mess. Now they're talking about um, how he's not far from getting like subpoenaed at this point. It's just crazy how he has kind of fallen out of uh, the good graces of the uh, general public and media. You know, he's looked at as like a supervillain now and a cyborg. Not a person, an alien. 
He got roasted on Instagram this year pretty badly just by being a weirdo. You know what I mean? He acts like a weirdo sometimes, like when he went to Congress and was sipping that water. It was creepy. It was creepy. He, uh, and what's, to me, all right, I'm not going to go review all of the issues with Facebook again. I've talked about them a million times on this podcast. But to me, the crazy thing about all this is you look at what he's like now, his emails that are getting leaked, you know, just saying some almost movie villain business bad guy type of stuff. And it's just weird because I remember when Facebook first came out, like, my ascension to adulthood is kind of runs with Facebook. Like, I think Facebook came out in 2004 when I was a sophomore in high school. I knew about it by 2006, you know, et cetera. So I've kind of grown with Facebook as a thing. And I just remember seeing him back when he was like still basically a college kid compared to what he's like now and like just case study on how business can change people because <laughs> there's no way he's the same dude as that like kind of shaggy 22 year old CEO that didn't really know what he was doing and wasn't really trained with media, etc. It's just like two different people at this point. Um, it's just it's a, it's just a crazy, crazy, crazy thing to see how business affects people and what they're like. It's the same thing with Jeff Bezos. Like if you watch Jeff Bezos interviews from 1997 on YouTube compared to how he is now, he's an entirely different person in like every single way pretty much except you could tell back in 1997 that he was still he was really sharp you can tell um right off the bat that he was somebody that understood business and understood the importance of data cuz he talked about data like how people talk about data to drive business now when he was doing it 20 years ago so that's a commonality between them but otherwise appearance demeanor overall outlook on things it's just very 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 different for these guys and uh it's crazy because like i worked at one point with a relative of his and i'd see his sister in my office and his sister is like totally different she's like super outgoing super bubbly high energy type um and not really like a business like a business person, but not not someone that you would think would ever write emails like the emails that got leaked that Mark Zuckerberg wrote. Uh, so just a crazy dynamic because uh, he's like a person. A lot of times it's easy to see these mega business people as just entities or in Mark Zuckerberg's case as aliens. But, you know, they have families, they have kids, they have relatives. But just to like be part of this evil empire and try to balance that with just being a regular dude is seemingly impossible based on what I'm seeing. Uh, so yeah, I think he has to take the L of the year <laughs> at this point with the amount of data leaks, breaches, leaked emails that came out, awkward uh, televised appearances, etc. 
and just the evilness of what Facebook is doing with their users' data. You know, it's just Facebook came up as this kind of like a empowering platform, and now it's just gone to shit. And the only reason why it's not going to go totally to shit is because they have leverage over their their consumers. They have all this data, all this nostalgia, all these photo albums from 12 years ago that you can share with people so easily in such a big network. Um, That's what's saving them at this point. If Facebook was a startup, they'd be dead in the water right now. But they have over a decade's worth of data built up. Yeah. And he's getting ridiculed by everyone. Guardian, urine review video, made fun of him. Fox News is making fun of him. Um, articles in the New Yorker and really acclaimed magazines like that are talking about, you know, whether or not you can see Facebook still as a long-term power player in technology. It's pretty crazy because five years ago, no one was saying any of this. Nobody was saying any of this. So, yeah, L of the year has to be Zuckerberg and Facebook because I feel like I've done at least five episodes just talking about their screw-ups, right? Um, anyway, so, yeah, that's the L of the year. I think the winner of the year, I mean, it ha- I hate doing this, but it has to be Amazon, right? This has to with their... New headquarters they're building, um, expanding into markets like Turkey and India, uh, record profits, stock jump to an all-time high this September. Um, It's fallen since then, but it's still up 30% year over year. So a 30% increase for a company that big. It's a big deal, man. That's a big deal. You know, Facebook's going one way, Amazon's going the other way. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon just based on their business models alone. I mean, Amazon has your data too, but they're not using it in as scummy ways, I guess, or at least on the surface level. So their overall brand sentiment is in a much better place right now. Their financials are in a better place. So it has to be Amazon. But, I mean, more on an arts level, I think Travis Scott had a big year. You could say maybe Travis Scott, Astro World, the big album. Uh, he's going to be in the Super Bowl halftime show with Maroon 5. I talked about how awful that decision was. And, I, I, I mean, Travis Scott, it's nice that they're injecting another kind of flavor into that halftime show. But they need someone from Atlanta. It's in Atlanta. You need Atlanta artists. Travis Scott's a Houston artist. Um, but anyway, not to jump into the Super Bowl halftime show or anything, but yeah, I think Travis Scott had a big year. So on more of the cultural front, I'd say him. And on the business front, it's got to be Amazon. I'm reluctantly saying that. I don't want to say that. But to me, they're just such an obvious choice. Just an obvious, obvious choice. Sure as hell isn't Apple either. They've been putting out nothing good right now. Um, so yeah, that's 2018. That's a wrap. That is a wrap. Um, but let's talk about 2019 trends that I see happening. I've talked a a lot about weed stocks, medical marijuana already, um, 
cryptocurrency can go either way in 2019. I'm leaning towards it being another kind of bear market year, but maybe not as bad as 2018. Um, I think you're going to start to see an early emergence in voice shopping, speaking of Amazon. I think we're still a couple years away from that being mainstream. Um, I think when hologram technology starts taking off, or at least being able to project a screen onto a surface, kind of like on an Internet of Things type of tip, I think it's going to really explode. But right now, I think it's in that slow build process. But I think you're going to start seeing pop, seeing voice shopping become a bigger and bigger thing, particularly for things like groceries. Hint, hint, I'm working on a project for that right now. Um, I think right now, like, the Echoes with the screen, I think the Echo shows, they're getting kind of a bad rap because of how clunky they are and how they're not usable in places like the kitchen, if you have fingers that are sticky or whatever. But it's a process to get to that end point, and you have to make some clunkier products to start that process out. You know, before there was an iPhone, there were smartphones that were kind of dumb. But you need to make those dumb smartphones to make the iPhone. It's just the process of product iteration industry-wide. So, yeah, voice shopping. Um, blockchain apps trickling in, but like I said, crypto still being relatively flat. And I think uh, I think next year is going to be a year of Disney, man. Disney's making a strong comeback next year. Coming with the live action, Lion King, and Aladdin movies. I think they're also doing Dumbo. Uh, that's a big deal. I know Will Smith got clowned for his outfit and hairstyle. But, you know, that always happens on these first look reveals of characters with wacky outfits. It's just the way it is. Um, I thought, I mean, I laughed too. It was pretty, pretty fucking goofy, but. If they're making the movie and it's any good, that live-action Aladdin is any good, no one's going to give a shit. Everyone's just going to remember how good of a movie it is. With Lion King, there's no way that's going to suck. Everything I've seen so far looks awesome. Dumbo I don't know shit about, and that's not a real big mover anyway in the Disney franchise, but Lion King and Aladdin, that's a powerful one-two punch. So I think Disney's going to have a big year. And personally, I'm hyped about Stranger Things finally coming back in June. Jesus Christ. I was missing that this Halloween. I really wanted to uh, binge watch Stranger Things around Halloween. But couldn't do it this year, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm hyped about that. I'm hyped about the fact that you know I looked at the episode titles and it seems like a lot of the plot lines... Are centered around a mall, like a shopping mall, and I'm pretty hyped about that. Give me those nostalgia vibes from when I uh, first started going off on my own, going to the mall with my friends, going to Hot Topic when it was still kind of scary. Hot Topic used to be scary, now it's a bunch of bitches. It's like a, another pack sun. But back in the day, Hot Topic was kind of like industrial ravey kind of vibe to it, heavy metal vibe to it. And it was kind of scary to go in there. There's some creeps up in there um, with the big puffy blue pants with the chains on them and the green outlines, those rave pants. I remember I bought a wallet with a chain at the mall, and I thought the design on the front of the wallet was a palm tree 
leaf, but it was a, it was a weed leaf. So I had a weed, like a pot leaf wallet with a chain when I was 11. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> I felt so embarrassed. But yeah, I'm trying to tap into those vibes next year with Stranger Things making a comeback. So that's what I'm hyped for in 2019. That's my predictions for 2019. It's been a great 2018. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening. And I promise you this show will get even bigger, better, and hopefully more valuable in 2019. So I hope you guys have a happy new year. Hope you guys had a happy Christmas by this point. Got everything you wanted from Santa. Or if you're Jewish, everything you got, you everything you wanted for Hanukkah, etc. If you celebrate Kwanzaa, have a happy Kwanzaa. And uh, I'll see you guys in the new year, 2019. Take it easy. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, reach out at notrocketscienceshow at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter or Insta at NRS underscore show. That is it. I am out. Signing off for the year. This is Sean. This is Not Rocket Science. Have a good one.